0: Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by my co-host, Paul Herman. This is episode 59 of our show. It's our fifth stop on the road to Avengers Infinity War. We're going to be talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, before we get on with the show, I want to take a few moments to let you know how you can get more of this podcast Via our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com/slash Marvel Studios News. We, of course, appreciate the support everyone gives to the show simply by listening, but for those who wish to become our patrons, we like to provide additional content. We provide exclusive content, whether that's Entire episodes are also extensions of episodes like this one, where we'll be talking about the connections between Captain America the First Avenger and Infinity War. And we'll also be getting into a conversation about the Avengers Infinity War Super Bowl spot, as well as the early reactions and reviews for Black Panther. And the great thing about signing up through our Patreon page is it's not a situation where you'll have to sign up and then track down the exclusive content in a different spot. Once you sign up for our Patreon page, you actually get your own exclusive RSS link that you can put into whatever podcatcher you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts or anything else, anything else that allows you to subscribe to a podcast via RSS. We put everything in that feed, so that includes the exclusive Patreon content as well as the regular episodes, so you can have one streamlined subscription for everything. And again, you can find more information about that at patreon.com slash News. And I also want to thank our new patrons this week, Patrick Branley and Kieran, uh, Kieran pollen and if you want even more of Marvel Studios news via some free options, you can visit our website, marvelstudiosnews.com, where I write about Marvel every single day. You can also visit us on Facebook. Just look up Marvel Studios News or on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So that's it for me. Let's get on with our show. All right, Paul, my star-spangled man with a plan. What is your plan today?
1: My my plan? My yeah. plan today is to talk about some mother-effing Cap.
0: Yeah. America!
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Language. Uh, look, I, I didn't you, say you it. Didn't,
0: no, you, you, you hit the delay button on yourself. Yeah, it was a good job. Yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> So we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, and... Uh, we, we're going to start on our road to Infinity War the same way we do as we're pulling into these stops and we slow down before we get into the movie itself. We talk about what it is, what it was like waiting for this movie, anticip- anticipating the movie, the build up for it, trailers, all the different news stories that broke, uh, and then of course our first uh, remembering our first viewings of the movie and, and on and on down the line. So, um, as far as build up for Cap. Um, I mean, with as with most Marvel characters that we've been talking about so far on this road to Infinity War, uh, Cap was a property that had a lot of rumors in the late 90s and early 2000s. I remember for like ever in a day, the rumor was always Brad Pitt was supposed to be Captain America, um, mm. which w- he would not have been a bad choice. You know, if no, I, was, I agree
1: with that. Yeah. If,
0: uh, if Cap was made in the 90s or even early 2000s, then that could have potentially worked. Um, but there was never really a whole lot of traction on anything for Cap until Marvel Studios came into uh, came into the picture. Um, but I remember the kind of the first big story, of course, was uh, who was going to play Captain America, and I remember I remember the a lot of the rumor mill, and I also remember for a little bit before Chris Evans was eventually announced, uh, John Krasinski was one of the, the top guys uh of course yeah. he was famous for the office and everything else so um you know he was one of the favorites for the role um I remember thinking like well, it's an interesting choice it's not an it's not an automatic choice, and at that point, I was pretty i was my confidence in Marvel had been building up, you know especially after Iron Man and everything, so I thought maybe if they're seeing something then then let's go for it. Um, but do you remember having any thoughts or any of the, or any memories when John when it looked like John Krasinski might be capped?
1: I was cringing like crazy. <laughs> okay, full disclosure: I've never been a fan of the Office. Okay, it's never been my thing. No offense or no no, I have no issue that for people who do enjoy the show because I know plenty of people who love the show and think I'm ridiculous and I'm that I'm being just a, a contrarian if you will. No, I'm not
0: a big uh, fan. I'm not a big fan either. Like Okay, I love, good. I love Parks and Rec, but I'm not a big I was never a big office fan.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a big Parks and Rec fan either. But whatever. Um but Damn yeah, the, the I know. So the thing is I just remember seeing this guy in the office with a giant nose being like, hey, whatever. (laughs) And then I heard that, you know, here's a short list of people for Captain America. And I'm like, wait, no effing way. And I remember thinking that idiot from the office. Oh, hell no. (laughs) And I remember just being like, there's no way they can do this. There's no way. And um, there was I remember Chris Evans was on the short list. He was always on there. Mm-hmm. And, I know, and I, it's funny enough, I've seen the movie Cellular before he was even, like, remotely close to being in Captain America. And I remember thinking, that guy from Cellular? Weird. Yeah. Like, I didn't really think much you, of it.
0: You didn't remember that he was in Fantastic Four either?
1: Well, I mean, like, it was just weird to think that he was, yeah. I forgot that he was in. But I remember thinking, like, well, I, okay, let me back up human torch. Cause I remember thinking like the guy from cell, that's right. the guy from cellular isn't, he is a human torch. And I remember being like, that's really weird. So let me back that up. But then captain, when I heard that he was going to be up for captain America, I thought, well, that's interesting. But what's weird to me was I never hated it. I all- I all- always kind of thought, you know, if he grew his hair out, yeah, I could see that. Like I could see the good old, the, the whole, the wholesomeness in his in his face, he looks classic Amer- American, if you will. You know, blonde. You know, you know, rugged, handsome dude. Not rugged, but like handsome guy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, it just he seemed like apple pie, essentially. You know, that's what I saw. Um, and so I just kind of thought, as long as the guy from the office doesn't get it, I'm good. Because <laughs> I literally, I literally was petrified that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I wasn't worried either way. I mean, I like Krasinski definitely didn't. He, he didn't really strike me as cap, but then it was one of, it was one of those scenarios where I was just thinking it wouldn't be the first time that I didn't uh, think of somebody as a character and then all their performance ultimately blew me away. Um But with Chris Evans, you're right. I mean, his name was always out there, but I, I think I just always dismissed it. Cause I was like, oh, I already played human torch. Like, I just thought like it was almost like a, almost an honorary consideration <laughs> that he was getting uh, for the right. role. Like I wasn't taking it seriously. And then, all, and then all of a sudden he got it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, and I didn't really know what to think of it. It wasn't so much um, it, it wasn't so much uh, the fact that he had already played Johnny Storm and Human Torch because I was, I was just like, "Well, it's it's a new continuity, so whatever. It doesn't matter." You know that fan, that version of Fantastic Four does not exist in this new mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I don't care. It's, it's completely separate uh, canon. But um, I, I remember also thinking. But I never really saw Chris Evans do anything that was very, you know, Captain America, very Steve Rogers esque. So I just felt like, oh, like he was the guy. The first thing thing I ever remember seeing Chris Evans in was Not Another Teen Movie. Um, But then, like, Like, he was great in that, by the way. He was hilarious in that movie. Yeah, he was great. But that's the thing is like everything that I had seen him doing was kind of an extension of Johnny Storm slash his Not Another Teen Movie character. Like, it was more comedy. I didn't really see him. Doing a lot of you know, the more the more serious stuff that I knew uh, a character like Captain America would get into, so I wasn't quite seeing it, but I was also open to it. Um, and, you know, I had some. Skept- I was a little skeptical of it, but at the same time, I was open to it because at that time, I didn't have a better idea. I didn't have some favorite for Cap that I was just like this is the guy they need to cast and if they don't they're wrong and it's going to ruin everything like I didn't have strong feelings about anybody going into playing cap because I knew that cap was just going to be a really hard character to play a really hard character for Marvel to uh to pull off because we talked about with Thor last week you have the uh you know you had the it being like this cosmic and fantastical kind of character that you really hadn't had in the superhero genre. Most of everything had been fairly earth-based and it had, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of a lot of the more out there comic book concepts hadn't really been brought to the screen yet. Certainly not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Cap was a difficult challenge in its own way because Cap was very similar to a character, it, you know, for similar reasons people thought it would be tough to adapt Captain America for the same reasons that Superman hadn't really done so hot uh, recently in comic book films at the time and and still hasn't unfortunately but um which is no disrespect to Cavill. there's just things that have happened but um oh boy yeah that's another that's completely you another podcast undo itself yeah.
1: No, you brought that up. You yeah. brought it up. Yeah, I had oh. to. I had to. Right, so anyway, right.
0: uh, but yeah, for Captain America, the first Avenger, like I remember thinking I'm I'm open to this idea. Marvel's done. You know, it doesn't ring in my head as this is automatically going to be great, but they've done a good job. They've done a good enough job so far. Uh, so I'm on board with this. And also Joe Johnston directing it because they were going to do a World War II period piece. And I'm like, cool. You got the guy who made the Rocketeer to come in and make World War II Cap. That makes a lot of sense to me. So... Uh, and then the cats just started getting fleshed out from there. Like when Tommy, they signed Tommy Lee Jones, I was like, okay, so there must be something here. If grumpy Tommy Lee Jones is willing to sign on for it, <laughs> like they must have <laughs> some things going on. Wow. Um, and, you know, Stanley Tucci, when they, uh, Stanley Tucci was cast as, uh, uh, Dr. Erskine, like I, I've always been a huge, huge Same. Stanley Tucci fan. I have, wanted, I have wanted that guy to have a major comic book. I had wanted him to have a major comic book movie role for a long time, um, and I. But I always thought he would end up being a villain because he's also a great villain in movies, and I, you know, he was one of my guys. He is actually in the, that same time period or a little before, like early 2000s, like Stanley Tucci was one of my favorites for the Penguin if Nolan was going to mm. make the Penguin in a Batman movie. Um, like I, I can see that. Yeah, like I just, I, I don't know. I love Stanley Tucci. So you know, when he was going to play a hero in Captain America, I was like, oh, great. Because I now I'm, I'm going to love Stanley Tucci and I'm supposed to. So that's awesome. <laughs> so like, um, but I remember... Yeah, I just remember being pretty on board with Cap. Like I just I was I was excited about it, but I was also curious to as who what they were gonna do. Were they gonna try to you know were they gonna try to like make it gritty or anything like that? Or you know, were they gonna try and stay away from the things that people thought were too cheesy from comic book movie characters and stuff like that anymore and and uh well we'll get into it later, but obviously they didn't shy away from anything.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I remember about waiting for this movie And just kind of, you know, just reading about was the fact that Chris Evans, you know, turned the movie down, um, reportedly, reportedly, you know, and I I remember being like, huh. And the fact that they kept coming back to him and I want to know, I want to say Joe Johnson, I want to say I read somewhere that he really pushed hard for, for Chris and um and really, I, I want to say him and I want to say he was heavily involved in that. Could be wrong. But all I remember was reading that they offered it to him and he turned it down I went, whoa. And I kind of thought about that for a second thinking, man, this guy, he was already Human Torch. I get it. But he turned down this this Captain America gig. He must be really afraid of have, having that stigma right? You know, the the classic comic book stigma, you know, not getting a job. Because remember, not only was he the Human Torch, he was also in Losers, another comic book movie, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, based uh, on DC.
0: Scott Pilgrim? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, Scott Chris, Pilgrim Chris Evans, oh my Chris
0: Evans is the comic book movie guy. I think he's been in more At of them point. than anybody.
1: Yeah, he's been in a ton. and He's great. He's great in Scott Pilgrim, by the way. Oh mm-hmm. my lord. I love that. Oh man, I'm going for the Oscar this year. Oh my god. I love it when he says <laughs> that. He's so good. Um, But no, like, the thing is, for me, I was just kind of surprised thinking like, man, like I could kind of see why he turned it down and kind of dismissed it. But I'm like, yeah, he would have been a, probably an OK cap. And then he when he, re, he when he accepted, I was like, "Huh, OK, I, I wasn't I wasn't anti it or anything. I was actually like, huh, he actually got convinced to do it. So this guy is just like, all right, whatever. I thought that was kind of cool that the fact that Chris turned something down that, you know, and later on, they, he put out a video actually recently um, of talking about his anxiety in yes. life, and, he, and it was a great video. And I love Chris Evans; he seems like a real down to earth dude. And um, it was really cool because he talked about you know the cat thing, and he he'd tell his mind to shh, and I love that. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, he'd remember just thinking about he would think about all these things that he was dealing with. And how, you know, the the cap, you know, decision was something that he really struggled with. He didn't know if he wanted to do and be someone, you know, and things like that, or that would be recognizable, you know, all over the place. And he knew, I mean, it's interesting that even then he knew, even though it wasn't a, a slam dunk success you know, guarantee at that point he knew that that was the danger he was going to walk into and it was just interesting you know knowing that he used that in, as a way of saying no to an extent like even mm-hmm. though like he's turning down so much money and you know he really values you know his art and things like that so much differently than you know some other people and obviously he made the right decision both you know creatively and i, th- and I think financially um, so it was just really interesting at the time. I remember thinking, "Huh, that's interesting." He turned down cap and then he, then he but then he came back. So, I thought that was really cool. Joe Johnston was it was it was one of those things where I was not I was it was fine. I wasn't like, "This is so amazing." I thought it was great. It was it was uh, yeah. interesting.
0: I wasn't like blown away by it. I just thought, "Yeah, that yeah. sounds sounds like a really good fit."
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It was like, "Oh, good fit." He's made, you know, he's not like a, a slam dunk direct, you know, director, and he's ob- obviously worked on Star Wars and Anna Jones, and he's a great concept artist, and he's worked in film a ton, so he knows what works and what doesn't work. He hasn't had a bona fide hit really, and so um, it was interesting to see the fact that they went with Joe Johnson with this film, and and because probably because the Rocketeer and getting that aesthetic right for World War II. So it was, it was interesting. And like Tom Lee Jones, obviously. And um, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. Yeah. I was all I was,
0: about, I was all about that one.
1: Same. And I, and I, I, it was really cool because uh, I didn't know like, you know, how true they were going to be. Cause at this point, Marvel hasn't really done besides Thor was like, you know, and, and obviously these came out like back to back. So they were making it at the same time basically. And you know, you don't really know what they're going to do. Like, are they going to actually go full Red Skull, you know, like in the, you know, whatever. And and they did. And, you know, and you you start seeing that in the trailers and, and the stills and things like that. And you're like, man.
0: Yeah, I, re- it- I remember that first still of Red oh. Skull, like him standing with his, like, black leathery, like Hydra coat or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember that first still of him going like, oh, damn, like they really that's full Red Skull. <laughs> like, yeah, they, it,
1: they didn't hold back, man. And. All. And and I think that's what got me the more excited for this movie than, than Thor at the time. And, um, it's just, it's just the fact that this was a giant deep Marvel cut. Like just as, just as much as Thor was to me, the essence, like, obviously I think in my opinion, I think Captain America has always been the heart of the Marvel universe. And, um, and even as a kid, I've always liked cap. He, he was never like my favorite, but he was always like, you had to like Captain America. If you liked Marvel comics, you had to like Captain America. And I played with my Secret Wars Captain America toy forever. I still had it till I was like in middle school, man. And it was like paint was wearing off. I played that thing till it was amazing. I loved Cap. And he's just one of those people that you just, you know, I knew he was a you know, leader of the Avengers and I buy his comics here and there. I mean, it just, you know, money's tight when you're a kid, so you can't invest in all everything. You have to go with what's what you think no. is the coolest, which yeah. is Spider-Man and X-Men. At you that buy, point.
0: Yeah. You buy the coolest covers off the rack. And that was yeah, exactly <laughs> you know, in the eighties and nineties. A lot of times that was Spider-Man and X-Men.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so there was, there was a lot of excitement for me because I always loved the character cap. Like, see, you know, I just always loved him. And, the fact they were going with a all world, world war 2 movie is was just a very like wow they're really going for it like i just it's still really impressive to me to, to this day that i think about it because again you w- they went for the jugular like this movie to make this movie at this time like is so risky to me like it's just it blows my mind thinking about it even now well i remember
0: and, actually thinking that uh, I remember with the the period piece, the World War II setting. I remember thinking that was actually a very very smart move for this because I I and, and to this day like it's there of course there's there's risk involved because just like with Thor like here but even more so than Thor like because Cap is you know Cap is supposed to eventually be the leader of the Avengers and he becomes the leader by the end of that first Avengers movie. Here's the guy who's supposed to be your leader of the Avengers, so you don't even know if his movie works yet, and you're already you know, in production, making the Avengers like that's just it's part of that, mm-hmm. huge, you know, continuing that huge risk that, that Marvel was on. But I remember thinking the World War Two setting was a very smart way to get around some of the any arguments that Cap was any of the arguments that maybe Cap was outdated. It's like, well, we're not going to put him in modern times yet. We're going to start with we're going to start during a point in time where the line between right and wrong and and, in which side of it America was on was, was very, very clear. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like that there's not the, you know, the more modern context of things in which we ultimately see like later on in Avengers and winter soldier. And we'll get into that when we get into those episodes. But, you know, I remember thinking that was a smart way to introduce the character is to show his classic sensibilities and have them really make sense because they're at a time when that was, you know, that was much more easily defined.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things where, I, it, in retrospect, it was the obviously the right call. But I think we would you have would you have blamed Marvel for going halfway, you know, like you know, making it half in World War II and half in you know present day, like. Part of me wouldn't have blamed them, or, or you know, have no, only no. part of it. And part of me would have wouldn't have blamed them, but they didn't. That's what's so amazing is that that could have been the easiest way out to like, you know, like have the, the mainstream audience accept Captain America, which again is like, think of it like from my perspective, this guy with wings on his ears and big giant red boots <laughs> is gonna, you know, how are the, how is Marvel gonna sell this to a mainstream audience and make him look cool?
0: And I love that and they did I, I love that I, know. They, I love that they actually put it in there as the Star Spangled oh. Man. Like they gave him the classic comic book Captain America Captain America costume. It actually made it into the movie and therefore into MCU canon. Like that's it's amazing that they did that. Like it's such a master stroke to put that in the movie, even though, it, and and also like the, that's what's so clever about it is the way the costume makes sense in the movie, but yes. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, well, I'm jumping around here, Boo. so we're getting past first view or, I'm, oh, okay. but anyway, yes. uh, just yes. to quickly say like, just the way they, the way they have it be so such a natural part of the character of like, all he gets to be for a while is a propaganda tool. And then he goes around and then like, he just that just happens to be what he's wearing the day that he goes behind enemy lines and saves everybody, and then he sees the power of it and wants a costume based on that. Like, all of that is, you know, amazing. But I remember the other thing that what, what, what was really blowing me away is like as trailers and as trailers started coming out, it was the whole skinny Steve thing. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe what they did. I, I was just like, it I still don't, looks incredible because I remember hearing what they were going to do that they were going to do, and they did several different things, you know, in order to accomplish this. But one of the things they did is they had a much smaller actor and then ultimately superimposed Chris Evans' face on it and then had to like whittle down Chris Evans' face to be, you know, not so square jawed and everything. And when I first heard about that, I remember thinking, how's that going to look? Like it's, it certainly sounds like, it sounds like maybe one of the only ways you actually can do it, um, but I don't know that you'll really, I, I was very curious to see how they were going to get away with away. way, the first time I was seeing like a shot of it in a trailer, I was just like, Oh crap, they did it. And that's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Like, and that, but you could tell like, that's where most of the VFX budget went because there's still some suspect VFX elsewhere in the movie, <laughs> but I don't care because the skinny Steve thing works. And that's, that's what it was such a smart thing. Um, you know, for, for this movie, but I'll get into that, uh, you know, a little bit later on, but yeah, I remember build up. I remember really liking the trailers, being excited about it. I remember being surprised that I, I shouldn't have been surprised anymore at that point with Marvel, but it's still fairly early, you know, but pleasantly surprised to see them being so faithful to the imagery of the comic books as they were bringing it to the screen. Um, although I will say, I've always had a little bit of a nitpick with Red Skull's look because I do feel like it's it's very comic booky, and I love that they actually gave him a red head, but it also kind of looks like they melted a red crayon over his head. I wish <laughs> I always wish there was a little more like bony texture to his look, but that's again that's just. Uh, being super nitpicky because I love the look of that character so much uh, from the comics. And, and the fact that they were as faithful to it as, the, uh, as they ended up being with that with the movie, I can't really, I, I can't cry about it too much. But do you remember, because uh, I know this is the first time and, and it's the only time I didn't see a Marvel movie on an opening weekend, but I'll get to my story. Mm. Do you remember the first time, uh, do you remember the first time that you saw Cap?
1: and who Absolutely. With, where you were oh oh yeah oh yes okay so uh my 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 wife and i we were we were, we were just dating at the time we were, we were taking a road trip just a little vacation not a little vacation but a, a big vacation a two-week vacation road tripping to the midwest um i went to a uh a bible school in in minnesota and uh i'm very so i had a lot of friends there that i'm, I'm close with and i love the midwest because i spent you know, a little time there and um So my wife and I wanted to drive over there because we love road tripping. Well, I do. She doesn't really like it anymore, partly because of this trip. Um, But we drove (laughs) – I remember we drove to Illinois first and I remember we had – the movie was coming out and I just was like so hyped for Cap. I could not wait for this movie because we were driving out to meet people and stuff. But I was planning to propose to my wife that – during that week and I didn't know when I was going to do it. And um, I was, and, and for the record, I did not propose during cap. That would be ridiculous. Um, but no, we uh, we drove to Illinois and we were, we were going to go visit Chicago. And I remember we saw. I don't know if I if I bought tickets somewhere or if I went. Like I saw it at opening midnight basically. And I remember, I just remember just being so excited for this. I just I I, could, I, I probably was more excited for this than a superhero movie in a long, long time. And so it was, yeah, I remember I was with Morgan and, uh, she's, she's not a huge fan of these movies. And so it was, I was a little worried that she wouldn't like it, but she went for me and, uh, and she got, I remember she got like sick. Like food poisoning-ish, I think. Before we saw this movie, like like the day before, we were we were in this like really hot hotel, and it was like really humid, and it was just and she was just miserable. And I'm like, I can't wait to see Captain America. And she's like, Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and I remember I remember we I remember when we uh we got to our main our main hotel. And, like, they didn't have our reservation because we ordered on, like, hotels.com. And they're like, well, we don't see you're on here. And I'm like, what the hell? So it was, just, it was really crazy. I remember just finally everything got worked out. And we went and saw it that night. And I just – I remember just being really excited.
0: Yeah. The first time I saw the movie was the Monday after it came out. And that's because – This is the only Marvel movie, and I think I think it might be the only superhero movie that made the mistake of coming out on Comic Con weekend, Um, because that yeah Cap came out the same the same week and the same weekend that was Comic Con that year in 2011, and I was at Comic Con I was covering it so I had stuff to do at the convention all day every day and by the and so I I remember going into it thinking man I, I really hope I can just you know, I'll, I'll find a theater down there and I'll, I'll go watch cap. And I think there were like groups of people who were going to watch it. And there might've even been like special screenings for like the comic con crowd or whatever. But I just, because of everything else that I was covering, like I wasn't able to get there. And then at the end of the day, I didn't want to go to like a 10 o'clock showing. Cause I was just beat. Um, and I didn't want to go watch a movie that I really wanted to see and just also be completely dead <laughs> while I was watching it. So, I decided after the first, you know, couple of days, like, well, that was basically ended up being the weekend. I was like, I, I'm not going to make it. So I decided to wait until I, I got home. So got home. And then on Monday I went and and watched the movie. And I just remember absolutely. I, I remember loving it just like I, I imagined I would. Um, but I, I think what I remember being so taken aback by is just how great the first act of this movie is like, skinny steve is some of just the first act of captain america the first avenger might be as good as any single act within any marvel movie like i just i i love it so much when you look at the way it builds this character um it's it's just such a treat to watch everything about skinny everything about steve rogers you completely fall in love with this guy um you totally get it and then uh, of course, Stanley Tucci is Dr. Erskine, helps that along. You get the initial relationship between Steve and Bucky. But then once he gets to Camp Lehigh, it's just amazing. And when he when he dives on the dummy grenade, still one of my all-time favorite moments in the MCU. It is just absolutely perfect um, of exemplifying who that is. Uh, so I just, man, I, I remember loving that. And then, of course, everything else. I, I love the rest of the movie as well. Don't get me wrong, but like that, that whole Skinny Steve stuff. Leading up to the transformation, then his first scene, you know, once he, of course, after Dr. Erskine is is killed and when Steve has to go catch Richard Armitage playing the Hydra spy, uh, (laughs) like tracks him down. Like everything about that is is built up so well, like the way he the way he like he like ends up crashing through the department store window because he can't control like his Mm -hmm. like his body weight, his new body mass at the at the speed he can now run. Um, and then even like introducing the concept of the shield with the, with the taxi cab door that has the star on it, you know, the little kid being like, you know, I can swim, go get him. <laughs> like everything about that is just so tonally perfect. And I remember being completely charmed by it. Cause as I said before, like during the build up, I thought it was a smart call to set in World War II because you could, that, that would allow you to play with some of those classic hero sensibilities and, and not have it feel dated or, or cheesy but what Chris Evans did in in that in that sequence, as well as throughout the rest of the movie and all his performances as Cap, is he shows that like that's not cheesy. Like the problem is with those of us who, you know, it, the problem was with us as an audience who grew to think things like that were cheesy, and we became too cynical for characters like that. And I think Cap has, you know, I, I think Captain America has been a very important cinematic character over the past uh, you know, seven years now, as of, of the way he's kind of shaken people out of some of the cynicism that they've held on to. This is a very important character within the superhero movie genre um, and for a lot of reasons. And th- those began uh, in those really got going in, in this film. And and I just, I, I remember being completely uh, just completely charmed by his performance.
1: Yeah, it's, it was one of those things where I was really impressed and it, and it still looks amazing is Chris Evans, you know, as, or skinny Steve, And it's it's really is incredible that it still holds up even now, which is what like eight years ago, seven years ago. Um, And it's just one of those things where I just I look at it now and I'm like, wow, It, it still it still holds up, and and it just shows you that you know. Ten years from now, it'll still look good. Like people will go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I still looks, it still looks decent. And you know, maybe this is where Joe Johnson and, and his special effects and movie background really, you know, played uh, to their advantage. And the fact that he could, you know, move around and 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 be able to work with this kind of thing. So I don't know. Chris Evans' performance was just, I mean, it's, I mean, we could, we're gonna say this in probably every film he's in, is that he just is so, he is Captain America. I remember. I rem- well, I remember he's so too-
0: good, but he gets even better after this. Like,
1: I, I, I yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I bought in 100 percent as. Oh no, as I Captain did too.
0: America. But then I bought in like 110 and 150. Yeah, and, true. And no, no,
1: you're, you're you're not wrong there. Um, one of the things that I remember reading, um, about uh, Chris Evans Captain America, which I think is is interesting because, obviously, Chris Evans and Steve Rogers are very different people, and um, but. One of the things that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty him. sure Steve Rogers isn't a Patriots fan.
1: Yeah, true. No, but Joe Johnston didn't
0: exist when he was. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: Yes. But Joe Johnston did say in an interview, and I remember I read it in like an Empire magazine, but he said, I think Chris is a lot like a lot more like Steve Rogers than he'd like to admit. And I thought I always stuck with me. And I don't know. As you see him on Twitter, being the person yes. he is, you totally can see it. Like years later, I remember being like, "No, he, Joe Johnston, hundred percent right, man. He nailed it." And yeah. that, that I think that's the thing. Like, is he is like you know, gosh, G. Wiz as Captain America? No, but that that that. But the side that you see in Civil War, and the side you see in, in Winter Soldier, and you know, and Avengers, like you know not wanting to work for like this you know greater like be manipulated kind of a thing that's totally you know chris evans in at his core and and you can see that in his tweets and responds to things and i don't know i i always love the fact that like i just you know again he bought he got what made captain america great was that you had you know you could you had to be 100 you know All in, meaning you couldn't be like a Tony Stark joke around and be like funny. Like he was so earnest in his performance. And I just love that Chris Evans just nails it. And I think that that and and though like he's let up on that, that, you know, that uh, that earnestness a little bit in the later films, because you don't need to be that, you know, I don't want to say naive, but that's kind of a naivete, if you will, that with with Steve Rogers.
0: Well, he's he's been removed from that by the story. Like he's right. That's, that's all just a reflection of what he's ultimately learned. You know, like he's, he has slow, like, that's, what's so great about this character is the way he's been allowed to develop over time. So like this is, and this is what's because, because of how brilliantly this has been written and also how outstanding Evan's performances have been is that you took captain America, the guy who could not wait, to sign up to serve his country and be part of the military you guy who would like literally do anything to get there and, and just be in the army you ha- that guy is the one who's leading the charge against like government authority and being a soul, you know, having the Avengers be soldiers for a United Nations government like that. And so it's a complete flip flop of that character, but it's not really because you you understand why he feels that way. You understand everything that's changed for him. uh, You know, everything that's changed for him along the way. Um, I want to make sure before we like, I definitely want to make sure we don't miss out talking on talking about uh, Haley Atwell in this movie uh, Mm, because she was, I remember being as everybody was like, just completely enamored with her performance and her character. And I totally bought this super charming, sweet romance between her and Steve Rogers to the point where I was just, man, I was so upset that they weren't going to have that dancing date. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being just super bummed about that. Uh, but I, re- I remember us talking about her, her performance, her character so much uh, when we were doing like modern myth media podcasts about the movie. And, and uh, you know, it's just amazing what happened with her character. You know, like when at the very end, when Steve says I had a date after Nick Fury lets him know he'd been asleep for almost 70 years, I remember thinking, oh, my God, she's gone. Um, mm. But, of course, she got brought back in Winter Soldier. And we will talk about that in several well handful of episodes from now, but like, I, I think that, you know, just what happened with that character getting her own TV show out of that. I know it only lasts for a couple of uh, short seasons, but so what, like the fact that a character like this was able to, you know, spin out and have their own show, um, and continues to have uh, such a legacy within this Marvel cinematic universe. I thought was so amazing and such a great, th- you know, such a great addition to this movie. And, uh, also, uh, like I I remember like loving the howling commandos, especially Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Duggan is a bunch of fun in this movie. Like Mm. there's just like this movie, just, it just charms you all across the board. You know, you have uh obviously the young Howard Stark you have, you you know, as we mentioned before with the casting of Tommy Lee Jones, who I think I get a blast out of him as, uh, as Colonel Phillips. Like one of my favorite lines is the, is when he tells, uh, after, uh, After Peggy Carter brings Steve into his tent to talk about the the 107th Division being captured, and he says, and uh, Philip says to her, you and I are going to have a conversation later that you won't enjoy. Like, I just, (laughs) everything about him, he's perfect, he's perfect, like, grumpy, grouchy Tommy Lee Jones. So, like, there's just so many things about this movie that work. I mean, yes... Chris Evans is is the engine that that drives this thing, and he is amazing. But you know, top to bottom, the performances in this movie are are really great. They really you know they really filled out this cast uh, wonderfully for this film, and everybody just brought their A game to it.
1: Yeah, Atwell is is definitely I think the secret weapon in this movie, and you know his relationship with Peggy Carter is is so uh, you know to me important to the character cuz you know he he deeply cares about this woman more than just a romantic you know relationship and right. you know he he really and that's the thing that, about Steve is that you know the romance is so awkward for him but like you know he he respects and, and cares about all the people around him you know it's it just it oozes off of him and again just goes back to you know Chris Evans performance as you know Captain America and the fact that he's able to portray this character that he's not just this you know hornball like uh, Tony Stark is he's he's a very you know respectable dude and you know it, it's, it's evident that you know and i love the fact they kept that into the character like i really feel like the character from the comic books is so well represented in this movie mm-hmm. that it's this is the character that i remember i mean as a kid like he's always you know he always had a deep love you know for the people around him and peggy was no different and, you know and i love the fact that they you know they changed a little bit of peggy's character and And now, like, he's, I don't know, she still was an important part of his life, just like in the comic books she was. And so, yeah, Haley Atwell, I thought she did a great job of portraying a strong female character and and also being, you know, a a way for Steve to get out there and become Captain America without being the damsel in distress, without being, like, you know, a... uh, an obvious like tool to like, you know, lure him to not lure him, but like, you know, direct him to be like, Oh, Hey, let's be, you know, let's do this one thing. Like, Oh, you know, like she inspired him. No, no, she explains to him, what the problem is why all the soldiers are like that what's going on like she's you know she's she's there because she she, she's with Tommy Lee Jones character so to me like it just it made she felt more natural to be there and it wasn't like it was a shoehorn thing in which was nice and I like I just I know it was really she did a great job of, of being that again nurturing but yet strong female character and I don't know. I, I also loved her in the Zodiac short. Like I love, love yeah. that Marvel short she's in. And, um, I thought that was like, that obviously was the, the pre- precursor that kind of sold her being her own like t- television series. Yeah. It's, it's basically a pilot for what her show. Yeah. Ended up becoming. And it's so good. And it's so, it's so entertaining. It's so damn good. Um, I I I I have to admit I like that short maybe than the whole like show itself show wasn't bad I actually really enjoyed the show but I really love love that that short but no Haley Atwell's performance is great um the all the Howling Commandos I thought were great um you know there's there, it, I don't know it was I do wish that I a part of me wishes that there was the Invaders which is obviously a Human Torch the, you know the yeah,
0: uh, the costumes the, there in the uh, yeah, the yeah. fair.
1: Yeah, the, the, which people don't know that the Human Torch was an, originally an android. Mm-hmm. Um, so – and then the, the obviously Namor the Submariner and a bunch of other characters like the Whistler and uh, you know and things like that. So, I mean, it was – I was kind of hoping – I remember at one point um, – what's his name? Joe Johnson got confused who the invaders were. He, he thought they were the Howling Commandos. Oh. He actually said once, the invaders are going to – they asked him, are the invaders going to be in the – and the cat movie goes, oh yeah, 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 and it's like he meant the Howling Commandos, which is fine. It's fine. So, um, but no, I, I, one of the things too, I, I think they they really did, did a great job of. And I, I'll bring up now is uh, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. They really did go for the more harder edge Bucky, and they made Bucky work, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to. I don't. We gotta talk about that for a second. The fact that Sebastian Stan. Like he's, you know, like they made like again. Bucky was made cool by the Winter Soldier. I mean, let's be real. That's the comic books did a great job of introducing a, an awesome character. But they really, again, they they expand on what in the comic books that Ed Brubaker did of making like Bucky do a lot of the dirty work. He was a sniper. He was, you know, mm-hmm. he was a he was a guy that like did all the stuff that Cap would, a, you know, didn't he's do. He's a killer, exactly.
0: Well, I mean, Cap kills people in the movie too, and Cap also oh, yeah. uses a gun at different points in the movie, but. You know, it's uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the way they the way they tease that with the Winter Soldier, like even just having him, you know, like that he the first time he's captured when Cap frees him. We know obviously after he has his fall off of the train, he gets captured again. But that first time, like when Cap even comes upon him, like you can kind of tell, like he's just moaning and just like muttering things. So you can kind of tell, like they've whatever process they ultimately do with him as the Winter Soldier, like they've already begun that process in Captain America, the first Avenger. So it just shows you the way that they're already, you know, planting the seeds, uh, you know, planting the seeds for what's going to come next on this. So yeah, like it's, and, and Sebastian Stan does his, it's great performances and the way they establish that bond, that friendship, like after Steve rescues him. And at the end, like when Steve's telling him to go, cause the place is blowing up and he just yells, no, not without you. And like you just, the bond between those guys is, It's, it's so amazing to see and, and yeah, and and everything like Steve's relationships across the board, you mentioned like with Peggy, like, yeah, I love how just, you know, there's like, obviously there's an attraction between those characters, but it's not overplayed. Like everything just develops very, very naturally. And it's also great that like Peggy starts kind of falling for Steve while he's skinny Steve. So it's not just like, oh, he's got pecs now, (laughs) like even (laughs) though she has that moment. But, like, you know, she's already, like, you know, into who this guy is, you know, before that, just from, like, the conversation they're having in the back of the car, like, on his way over, you know, to have the procedure. And when she sees him pull the flag, like, at Camp Lehigh, like, everything about this movie, like, there's just so many, like, sweet little touches that are just genuine human moments between uh, between the characters that, that makes it all work. And then, you know, like, the... The only thing that I, you know, if there's anything I don't love about the movie, even though I enjoy like the the Cap montage, I um there there's a part of me even though like they're never going to make that movie, so I guess now it doesn't matter. But there was a part of me when I was watching that, like I know they're going to bring Cap into like modern day, but just because you brought up the invaders, I'm like I wish they had kind of left. I mean, granted, you could say at any point in that montage, yep, mm-hmm. you know there there's gaps there, but yeah. I, I I feel like they I still feel like they didn't leave enough mystery to some of that time period where it would have been kind of cool to say hey like if we want to we can go back and make another World War II cap film that could have the invaders or or something like that so which is not. Again, that's not a criticism of Cap- it's not a problem for Captain America: First Avenger isolated as its own single film. It's just like a a thing of me whining <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, a missed opportunity for another movie that isn't going to happen anyway because obviously, you know, Chris Evans is going to be used for, you know, all finishing up all this, you know, all the modern stuff up through Infinity War and Avengers 4. And, and hopefully that's not it, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, the as far as like, you know, another movie goes, I mean, I I kind of thought to myself, they, they you could tell a random story where he um uh, in the Highland Commandos run into Namar the, the submariner and like maybe that, you know, the, the human torch from the beginning of the, the Stark World Fair or whatever the hell I think it's called um that could show up and like Or I guess you know, the Stark
0: Expo. All... Expo. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Is it Stark Expo? Is no, it no, I think it's called
0: the World's Fair because the Stark Expo happened later.
1: Like Yeah, World Fair, whatever whatever the hell it is. But um but yeah, so what's um, you could have a thing where that he shows up and then Namar shows up and they could do like a, a one-time battle and and Cap could say like oh man remember that one time or whatever I, I don't think yeah. it's gonna happen but it, it, you you could could fit it in there you but the could uh, but
0: yeah it would just be like well if those guys were there like why the hell weren't they helping at the end with Hydra when like the whole world was gonna yeah. be destroyed I yeah. don't know it's and look they're they're not gonna do it it's so it's not a it's really not. A problem, like I said, it's just me being a fan and whining because the yeah. the movie still works very well, and I still like, oh. get a kick out of that montage and all the shield throws and the action. The oh, uh, you mean you the, know, limited? The, of, yeah, the limited, like the shot shield of shield throws, <laughs> yeah, the shot of uh, the shot of Bucky like being a you know a sniper when like the the mm-hmm. Hydra agent's about to get Steve, and then Bucky yeah. just. You know, and then, and now of course it's the one of the most popular cap gifts of the salute when he, that he gives to Bucky after <laughs> Bucky just killed a guy. Uh, <laughs> nobody really remembers that when they share that. Yeah. Gift. <laughs> it's like, that's right after a dude got sniped. Yeah, uh, but anyway, oh, yeah, oh. I, I love yeah I, I I loved all that stuff. So I mean, it's it was fine, and, and there was plenty of other good like cap action. You know, building to the finale. I know not everybody loves, um, you know, I, I know not everybody loves the. Uh, you know, loves the, the final act of Captain America, the first Avenger. And, and to me, it's, it's not even a situ and, or I should say for me anyway. Um, Mm I, I don't love it as much as I love the first act in the movie, but like that's because the first act is like as I said earlier in the show, it's it's an all-timer. It's one of the greatest sequences in in all of these Marvel movies. So it it was kind of hard for anything to to live up to that. So yeah, you know, in other Cap movies, I think, you know, we're able to stick the landing maybe a little bit better than uh, than this one did, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, you know, it may not have been all of the most satisfying battle sequences, but I actually really ended up liking them, especially like the, the sequence of all the little bomber planes are jumping out of Red Skull's mm-hmm. bigger ship. And then, if, you know, the one dude who goes through and gets sliced up by the propeller, um, <laughs> you get a pretty good Captain America, Red Skull fight. You get, you know, an all time great line I'm getting ahead of it. Cause like I skipped over one of the best lines in the history of the MCU. Like what makes you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much good stuff in here and so much heart in Captain America, the first Avenger. And you know, the way, uh, well, we'll talk about the the way it really ends a little bit later. But the way it ends, you know, in terms of uh, for Steve anyway, like him sacrificing himself, like it's all just so completely perfect. Like that, there, you know, as a character, you know, it's not a perfect movie overall. But in terms of how it treats that character of Steve Rogers and how it mm-hmm. introduces him, that part's pretty perfect.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple things in here. You know, they that you have to get right in Captain America, right? There's, there's obviously the main part, the, the most important part is Steve Rogers and the, and the heart that, you know, is Captain America, the heart of the Marvel universe. And I think we'd all, uh, would you agree that Cap is the heart of the MCU as well?
0: Oh, I, I don't think there's really a debate. I mean, I, I don't okay. think that, I mean, you can, that's what's really kind of interesting about it though, is like, even though, You know, Iron Man might be like the highest grossing character. Captain America, by and large, seems to be more people's favorite.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, especially like post like Avengers and Winter Soldier. Like, you know, it Cap has definitely become that because I I think that's what's funny about this movie. Or I guess it's a little bit of, of of a bummer. Not that the movie like lost money, but. It made like I think three hundred and seventy something million dollars worldwide. It's actually the second lowest grossing Marvel uh, MCU movie ever. You know, the only one that was lower was was the Incredible Hulk. Um, but I know people caught up with this movie later. Like I think a lot of people, yep. you know, passed on it. I remember we forgot to mention this in the build up. I remember all of like the the debate and worry and fretting over what are, what are they going to call this movie in like all these other international yes. markets, yep. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some like in some places, like they did not call the movie captain America. Like it was just called the first Avenger or they would come up with some other name for it. Um, you know, and they, or they would downplay it. And I, and I actually think, you know, I, I think this might be one of the worst marketed Marvel studios movies. Mm. Um, you know, cause Par, you know, and Paramount was the one that, that released this, so I'm not taking any shots at Disney, but you know, uh, <laughs> Well, I remember that. I remember one of the biggest like posters and one of the big images that was always out there for the movie was like that picture of it's it's Chris Evans just like with the shield, like, you know, like with his arms down, like holding onto the shield and like his, you know, his face, his face down. And it's very like dark and like got a lot of dark and black and gray and very murky, like trying to sell like, like the heavy, almost like Band of Brothers Saving Private Ryan, like World War II feel of it. And I'm like, that's just so not this movie at all. And I remember like seeing like there was another poster of like an artist that got commissioned that was just really more of a classic, like propaganda looking poster um that had way more color in it. Everything I just remember thinking like they the marketing really didn't do a good job of setting the tone of what this movie was. Um, not not so much the trailers, but just like the posters and everything else. Like I don't, I felt I I remember thinking at the time, especially after I saw the movie, being like, "Man, this really isn't a match for a lot of how like the marketing has has portrayed this film." And I think there's so much more color and charm and heart in this movie than what's being portrayed right now, and and that's just weird. Um, cause, cause, I think once people finally got a chance to see this character in Avengers and winter soldier, like they've clearly gone back and watched this movie because people mm-hmm. get the whole cap and Bucky thing now. So, you know, I, obviously a lot of people miss this movie, uh, in the theater relative to the rest of the MCU. Um, but I feel like people went, went ahead and got, got caught up because eventually they, they came upon this character in the Avengers and they were like, who is this guy? And they needed to go back and know more. And if that didn't catch him, then Winter Soldier definitely did.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that that works so well for this this movie, in my opinion, is obviously the look of Captain America. And I think that I remember leading up to this film – I was very concerned how they're going to portray the costume of Captain America without sacrificing what I think is what makes Captain America amazing, which is, is, is his ridiculous costume. I love, you know, I'm, as people know, I'm big into costumes. I don't like it when people make a superhero movie and downplay the costume. To me, there's, it's you know, you're doing a disservice to yourself by you know not selling the character to what the roots are, which is a, a comic book, you know, a superhero. And I remember looking at the concept art for the first Captain America costume, which was, you know, essentially what what we got, you know, in the first movie um, after he, you know, come, saves uh, the Howling Commandos the first time. And I remember thinking, "Wow, that's it." And I remember Captain America having a gun was a little contra- controversial, you know, which th- th- that obviously died down pretty quick. Um, but you know. I just love the costume. I, I really do think that they did a great job of blending it, blending it into like the real world. Like if this was a real superhero in like, you know, who, who had this, you know, propaganda kind of uh, costume that was inspired by it, you know, and just, I just love that. It just looked perfect for the setting they were going with. And um, I just, to me, that was so important to sell, to me, as as a consumer, as a superhero consumer, it, it totally nailed the costume, and I, I have to say that is you're talking about one of the hardest costumes to put on screen and make it and make it work from a you know as a you know legitimate superhero without coming across looking really really ridiculous. And I have to hand it to them. Marvel; did an amazing job doing that in this movie, where I think it really set up. The Avengers costume, which we'll get into that later, um, you know, to where you you accept that for the yeah. most part. And I think that it did a great job of, of making it look so – again, like you could see it happening in World War II and it looks badass. So to me, like that is what makes – you know, obviously the movie is great, but I just love the fact that they made a Cap- – they were able to make a Captain America costume look cool for one – and just work on screen, and I, I just, that to me was one of the most, besides the special effects and things like that, and the performance, that to me was one of the most, you know, pivotal things, and they nailed it, and I think well,
0: the, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I was just gonna add on to that, like, they, they made it work visually, you know, like, which mm-hmm. is an incredible feat, but also making it make sense within the story, like, yes. for the character, you know, the idea that, you know again, as we talked before like it starts out star you know star spangled man but then like when he ultimately makes the choice to have he he certainly needs it to be you know more functional like it's got to be you know you know it has to have like what looks like a kevlar weave even though obviously it's not but like it has to have that kind of look it has <laughs> yep. to be like a you know a, a world war 2 battle suit like it has to be even though it's not camo like it still has to have mm-hmm. the right materials to be you know suitable for you know actual warfare and but the fact that he still chooses to keep the, the red, white, and blue of the suit because of, he sees how much that means, like when Bucky does the "Let's hear it for Captain America" and all oh. the guys he just saved are all like applauding, like that's that's the moment where like he decides to really keep the costume because he understands like the value of it. Like he's, you know, he's been mm-hmm. learning like the value of the symbolism. Like he he, it's just kind of an offhand remark, but it's true. Like you know when it, every state he visits there's a 10% bump in like bond sales you know like he he just knows that like there's there is power in this imagery for people back at home and also the soldiers that are on the front lines fighting with him and mm-hmm. and so it, the fact that it makes it's you know it it's one thing to just make a costume make sense in terms of okay well we can at least make this look good on screen but to right. do, it's one of the best jobs of of any superhero movie of why does he actually wear it? <laughs> like, and they, yes, you know, the first Avenger does an amazing job at that.
1: You know, and that's you brought up a great point. Now, when when Bucky's a Bucky says, "Let's hear it for Captain America," you know, let's remember too that they all ridiculed them in his costume mm-hmm. before, like they didn't care, and yep. so. You said, too, like he was an inspiration for kids and he knew that was powerful in itself. But he realized once he went on the front lines and saved everyone, like they still identified him as Captain American. He realized, like you said, that symbol is so important. They will get behind it. If, you know, he put himself on the line, they will get behind him, too. And they're all ready to, you know, to go behind, you know, go not behind him. But they all decided to go, you know, with him and fight for him. Or fight with him, and I think in, in let him lead them into let let him lead them into battle, and I think that's what's so cool about the the, the idea of making him this propaganda you know here war hero machine thing you know where again you give him a reason for wanting to be that that symbol because again. In the comic books, he just is Captain America. They put him in a costume, and there you go. Like the the genius of Marvel and the writers, and I forgot the names. You know the names better than me.
0: Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely.
1: Yeah, and they are a, a writing duo that are writing Infinity War right now, and they wrote some, you know Winter Soldier and Civil War. And the thing is, they got I mean to me one of the, like you said the brilliant ideas is the fact that they gave a reason for Captain America to wear his costume, both in just initially and continuing you know, continuing it. So to me, that is to, to do that is so huge in my opinion that it, this movie will forever. And this is why it's so, it's so, I think this movie is so high on my list for this, you know, is the fact that it gives now, not just for this, you know, current franchise, but for franchises down the road. Now people will always identify as Captain America as a cool character in some ways, because they were able to sell it in this movie. Though it wasn't financially as financially successful as I wanted it to be, I remember just scouring through, you know, box office mojo every day being like, Oh come on, we gotta make more cap movies. Like I, I love this movie. Like I saw this movie when I, I got engaged during this time. I want people to know this. I made my wife see this two or three times. Like <laughs> I, I at least at least twice, if not three times, while we're on this on our, on our you know, on our engagement part, you know, vacation. Because I literally loved this movie to death to me this was the ultimate marvel dream in my opinion of being like man marvel has arrived and i was so afraid of it of it not being as successful as i really wanted it to be but you know but again like again the costumes the reason for the costumes these are all things that really matter to me as as a superhero fan so, like you said, Sean, they—the fact they're able to nail that and make it so cool—this movie not only sets it up for the franchise but for the character. I think, in my opinion, forever.
0: Oh, it absolutely, it, it absolutely does that. And and I wasn't really worried about sequel prospects because, now, relative to what superhero movies have been making post Avengers, you know, you look at three hundred seventy million dollars and you go, huh. But at the time, that was actually still pretty solid. And again, the budget for this movie wasn't like two hundred plus million dollars, so you know it was still fine. It was solid enough that as long as you know people liked the character, then you know and had another good showing in Avengers, like you could get another movie. And of course, you know we know that that happened, and, and everything was fine. But I think that's where you know in terms of what Marvel does such a good job at, and what they prioritize, just making sure like you know the money will sort itself out. You know, I mean, obviously they have to make a certain amount of money because we're spending so much money and all of that. But, you know, what, what we really want to make sure you come away with, especially in the first movie for a character, is we just got to make sure you like this guy. And you really like Steve Rogers. Now, not enough people like, or I don't want to say not enough, not as many people saw it in this first round. But at least they established, you know, the core principles, the core identity of this character so that that way he would have... Uh, more great showings in Avengers and, and on down the line to where people would catch up and then go back and, you know, watch this movie. So I think Captain America, the first Avenger, like the the legacy of this movie is, is really, really strong. I mean, the people who... This is usually up there on on people's list, even if it's not necessarily up there on best lists, it's usually very high up there on people's favorites because, you know, you can certainly point out flaws in the film and and, and that's usually... And, I only really care to do that when I'm like coming up with my own Marvel rankings, because like I have to do something to separate them for why one movie gets to be at the top of the list versus the movies that don't, but you know, it, in, in trying to find ways to separate them. But I have a more and more difficult time doing that, especially with, with most of the Marvel movies that at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the first Avenger, it is just such a, it's such an awesome movie and, and it really in, Maybe not in as big and popular and noticeable of a way as Iron Man set the tone for the MCU. Uh, Captain America the First Avenger does as well because it's really been tracking, you know, it's it's Cap and Iron Man, you know, like and that's why it led to Civil War. And that's why I think it's going to lead to big things for those two guys, you know, really when they talk about culmination, the finality of infinity war of Avengers four, like it, it leads to those two guys, but I'm spoiling the Patreon credit scene. So I got to stop doing that. But, um, you know, the, the, the last thing I would say just about the, the movie itself is I remember wishing that the last shot was that kid with the trash can, uh, the trash can lid shield. Mm. And I wish that they had moved the modern day Steve Rogers scene back to, um, I remember like when it broke, like of all the pa- all the paparazzi photos of them shooting of Evans and uh, Samuel L. Jackson like in Times Square, shooting that scene. Um, but I remember like when I ended it, when I saw the film, I remember thinking, I wish they had just put this either somewhere in the credits or completely after him, uh, just because I I just love that shot so much of that those kids being inspired by Captain America and that kid's got a trash can lid that he's painted a shield on. Like I just I I love that so much. I was like that would have been the perfect moment to end it. Um, and you know, that uplifting, you know, inspiring moment would have been the better place to end it than the super sad, like, Oh God, I had a date. <laughs> like, I wish that would have just been, you know, like a mid credit or post credit scene because they didn't really do much of a post credit scene on this one. Anyway, it's just a quick the little trailer. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's basically an Avengers trailer that's preceded by like a little bit of that scene, you know, of, of fury going and getting Steve while he's at the gym, working out with the punching bag like that. So that's where I thought, "Eh, just move it back. But I don't care. I mean, that's just the sequencing of it. Like it's still, I I still don't, I don't hate the scene. I just wish it was placed differently in the movie. But um, one last thing I I definitely want to add about this movie is that you can see the influence of this movie, not only on the MCU, like, uh, I, I think it's, I, I think anybody who really takes a close look at Wonder Woman can see the influence of Captain America, the first Avenger, like very oh, strongly in that film. 100%. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, a lot, maybe too much. I don't know. But <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody who made Wonder Woman is clearly a big fan of, of Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, which is not to say that it's the only influence on, on Wonder Woman. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Wonder Woman. Like you you take the you look at the you know get inspired by the best stuff and you can help that that will help you go out and make the best stuff because wonder woman was great you know and and just like captain america the first avenger was great so i love this movie and i'm you know like i this is definitely one of the episodes i was most looking forward to on this road to infinity war this was not an iron man 2 (laughs) or a thor the dark world you know we you know you and i just texting back and forth today we're pumped to to get on and talk about this one
1: (laughs) yeah no cap is Um, definitely in my top five uh, favorite um, MCU films. Um, It's, it's unapologetically a superhero movie, um, which, you know, cap is kind of taken away from that a little bit. Not and not in a bad way, but in winter soldier and civil war, it's a little bit more heavy handed, if you will, with some of the themes and and things like that. And, uh, you know, whereas this is, to me, almost pretty much a, a Captain America comic brought to life, and seeing Red Skull and, and you know the, just everything—it's—it's it's a movie that I, I'm really glad I have, and I've seen it like, I've seen it a lot, and I and I and I, I never get tired of it, and it's something that um, I think will go down as one of the most underappreciated superhero movies ever in my opinion and like you said i mean the influence you have over wonder woman I mean wonder woman i think owes a lot to this movie if not all of it i mean it's it's you know the fact i mean the first avenger is it's a difference between i mean it was it was it was a somewhat a modest hit financial financially like you said but the fact that this movie is so loved after the fact Mm -hmm. that dc got you know had the confidence to go with World War one and keep it in that era and knowing that hey, you know what fans don't care It doesn't have to be in 2018, you know with iPads and for people to understand it Like no people my audiences just wanted to see a good story about good characters And that's what they that's what we got and that's why I think that's why this movie has been so loved like you said it's it's really is cherished as you know a lot of people love it and I, and I think the reason i say it's under you know underrated is the fact that like it just doesn't get it just didn't have the popularity at the time whereas now it's kind of like do, do i dare say it's a, a superhero cult classic i mean i don't know i mean it's like it's one of those things where well, it's
0: it's definitely aging very well i mean it's, yes. yeah like it's you know yeah. I mean, the people who love this movie really love this movie. Um, Same, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, the MCU is so big. I don't know if any film in it, except for maybe the Incredible Hulk, gets to be called a cult classic. <laughs> <laughs> a cult
1: classic for MCU standards, if you
0: will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I guess mean, like I, I mean it's it's second lowest grossing. So I mean, it's you know, it's it's near the bottom box office wise. But the people who saw it really loved it, and and the fact that they did such a great job, you know, establishing this character is why. Uh, Why it's carried on, why this franchise has, even though it had one of the more modest starts of MCU franchises, has gone on to bigger, you know, certainly in terms of uh, not trying to spoil any movie rankings, but gone on to bigger, better things, certainly at the box office. So it's just been, you know, amazing what uh, what this movie, uh, what this movie got started. Um, And that is where uh, but we'll we're wrapping up our our ah, cap conversation. Oh, wait, what did you have one more thing?
1: Yeah, one more thing. I, I just, you know, it's it really, this movie, if anything, shows you, and other <clears throat> movie studios, if you will, that you can't <laughs> give up on a character with, with just a modest game. Because if anything, right. Captain America shows you that you have to, you know, even though the audience may not 100% fall in love with the character, they can fall in love head over heels with the character. The second film with Winter Soldier and Civil War, so I hope some studio, I wish some studios got, to, you know, had more confidence like Marvel did with Captain America. But at the same time, they didn't also have the the, the success of The Avengers falling in either. But that's a whole nother uh, podcast.
0: Well, there is that, um, but also like <laughs> I, I think it's, it's still a good point though in that even yes. if even if the audience isn't as big as you thought it should be or thought it would be, for the people who showed up, what did they think? And the people who showed up to see Cap really, really loved it, and mm-hmm. that tells you that okay, there we probably failed somewhere in the marketing for this movie because the people who saw it really, really liked it, and so that tells us that when we show this character in Avengers, people are really going to like this character, and they'll be ready for the sequel. So, and, and that's the way uh, you know that's the way it worked out, and and obviously it's a a valuable lesson for for other studios to uh, to look at. But, yep. uh, yeah, that's that's it for our Captain America mm-hmm. First Avenger conversation, except for the Patreon credit scene where we'll be talking about connections between this movie and Avengers Infinity War. And speaking of Avengers Infinity War, we'll also talk about those glorious 30 seconds from the Super Bowl spot. <laughs> uh, and even to, to maybe talk a little bit about some of the early reactions that we've seen to uh, Black Panther, which, if you haven't looked, uh, has been doing very well as the review embargo has lifted. So... We will get into all of that for our subscribers, our patrons on Patreon, which, again, you can go to patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News so that you can sign up for that exclusive content. Um, But until then, Paul, where can everybody find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll talk about lots of cool stuff like Marvel and Star Wars.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Sean Gerber. Sean spell S E A N. Please also make sure you keep up with Marvel Studios news at marvelstudiosnews.com, where I write articles about Marvel every day. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Marvel Newscast or on Facebook. It's it's uh, same same. Well, not the Marvel Newscast name. It's the Marvel Studios News name. You can find on Facebook. Give us a like there, uh, and we would love to uh, see you there. Or again, like I said, on patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News where you can get the Patreon credit scene that we'll be getting into, well, right now, if you're already subscribed there. Uh, but, But like I said, until then, we'll see you next week where we will be talking about Marvel's The Avengers.